Welcome back to our continuing conversation with Dr. Randy Bartlett of the City of Bridges High School, where we continue to explore his concept of providing an overall holistic education. When you talk about community, the sense of belonging, we often talk about, when I deal with a lot of people, Randy, quite often they feel so alienated, mm -hmm. and especially with the COVID isolation, and even before then, people deal with a tremendous sense of loneliness. Mm -hmm. They do. And, um, you know, teenagers certainly are a group that deals with a tremendous sense of loneliness, as do other people. Um, but a, a, a big part of that is not having a community in which you can be who you truly are. Um, even if who you truly are changes over time, which, again... It should. Uh, it, it's, it is hard to be lonely when you feel cared for and you feel seen. We end every day uh, with an appreciation circle where every member of the community goes around and appreciates something about some other member of the community. Um, and that, you know, even that small act is one piece of the puzzle of, of saying that I see you um, and I acknowledge that you're here and, and I appreciate that you are part of this community. Um, you know, I, we can't do away with loneliness altogether, but we can certainly create a space where you're not alone. Well, we often help people. What I work on people is to develop a mind of awareness. Mm -hmm. And I often suggest to people that when you have a mind of uncertainty, that leads to a mind of anxiety, worry, and fear. And you replace that mind of uncertainty with a with a mind of awareness and gaining knowledge, mm -hmm. just as what you're talking about. I particularly like your emphasis on mindfulness and particularly uh, starting each day and closing with the meditation. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us where that comes from? Yeah, I mean, it comes from a couple of different places. Certainly, you know, there's a degree to which it comes from my own experience. Um, you know, I think the that time in mindfulness has been um, really central to my own. We were talking a little bit about uh, the sort of, you know, ebbs and flows and the tumults of life. So it, I think personally it has been uh, a, a really steadying force. Um, and then, you know, our awareness of the, the tumult that, that young people face and um, to be able to have spaces to really be mindful of, of yourself and of the community and of the world. Um, there's so much that goes on in life. Uh, and there's so much that goes on in the life of young people, both the, the physical, the emotional, and in you know in our current era, the digital as well that there there are so many distractions from uh, just being present with yourself. I speak at a lot of rehabs, Randy, and when I talk to them, I suggest to them that most people are time travelers with frequent flyer miles to the past and the future, and brief layovers in the present and when life's happening. And we, I, I go through a time traveling exercise with them also. Uh, so, but generally I tell them that life is uh, happening right, right in front of them 
and you're always right here and it's always right now and to develop that that mind of awareness uh, I find that most people are time travelers and I suggest to them that this mindfulness is about being present and aware because most people have so much chatter going on inside of their head that I tell them that creation could be happening 10 feet away from them and they wouldn't know it right oh absolutely and you know and I think that's uh, you know, especially true for young people because the, the, they are time traveling all of the time. And so often they're, they're time traveling into the future and they're, you know, there are so many uncertainties and challenges in the future. Um, and, and that they will live through. I mean, when we talk about, uh, you know, climate change and, uh, some of the other real challenges that, that grip the future. That's their future. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, a, a man of a few years, um, and I will live to see some of it. They will live to see more of it. And so the outside of just the personal experience, um, and their own, uh, growth into who they are, there's the sort of larger global context. And it's so, um, alluring in a negative sense to get lost in, in the future. Um, and to be able to come back and be present, uh, is, is really important for one's, uh, sort of mental health and well-being. Well, in my world, we, uh, describe anxiety as apprehension about things that may or may not occur. Mm -hmm. And, but, but I'm always asking people, what do you know for sure? Let's check the facts. What's right in front of you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think to be able to help build those habits when you are young um, only has positive outcomes as you, as you experience more. I mean, yes, when you turn 18, you become an adult in the <laughs> eyes of society. Um, but there are still so many things that will come. And if you can have a grounding in being able to be present, some of those things, uh, will be less or more, you know, of a challenge, uh, or more joyful. Um, if you, if you're able to have that, that ability to steer. So uh, when we talk about real compassion, which is one of your, mm -hmm. uh, components of mindfulness. Uh, some people in this world would view real compassion as weakness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I think some people certainly would. Um, and some of that again is a personal choice. I, I come from a long tradition of, <laughs> uh, deep forgivers. Uh, my grandfather was a, a, a minister, um, and visited for many years, uh, a man who was in, in prison and for life in upstate New York. And after my grandfather passed, my grandmother who lived to be 98 continued to do so. Um, and that ability to love other people and other beings, um, regardless of their faults. And that's not to excuse them or allow, uh, you know, allow people to make choices that harm others, but to be able to care for, uh, 
others and to recognize their their worth as beings um i think is actually a, a really strong thing and um i have a hard time seeing weakness in that well i i understand that but i'm i try to look at both sides yeah and see what when we in our world, we talk about taking a phenomenological view of what other people are seeing. And uh, I've often talked about forgiveness is a person, the power of forgiveness is letting go of those toxic feelings that you're holding. Yeah. Uh, the Buddha talks about compassion and great compassion. Mm -hmm. Compassion is being kind to your neighbor, your friend, uh, and showing compassion for them. And compassion is a Latin word meaning actually pain shared. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Buddha talks about great compassion, and that's compassion for the world, compassion for people you have no connection with, people, places, or things. That's what the Buddha differentiates between compassion and great compassion. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a really important distinction. And one that I, I, I hope that we can live into both of those with our, our work at City of Bridges. Uh, so you're talking about your curriculum, uh, learner-centered, internalizing agency and externalizing change. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us about that concept, please? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, the notion of internalizing agency is really about believing um, and understanding that, that you as an individual are capable of um, charting any course that you want to chart. And that your um, path and your uh, your goals and your future has value, and it is a future that is worth pursuing. Um, but on the other hand, uh, you have to be able to do more than just know that on the inside. You have to be able to recognize that about yourself, and then externalize that change into the world, externalize um, your, your thoughts and your actions, um, and, and externalize your compassion as well, your compassion for yourself, your compassion for others. Um, there are many things that we can think and that we can believe that we can do, um, and they're true, but they're not really true until we're able to, to do them. And so belief in oneself and one's value um, is an essential part of the process, but you also have to be able to then actualize that, that belief into the world. And which leads me into your project-based type of learning, which... It says one of the core beliefs of City of Bridges is that people learn best by doing, especially when they were able, I love this, able to do real work with real purpose. Why am I doing this? Well, here's the reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, um, that means that if we are doing something, it, it, it must have purpose and it, and it must have, um, an outcome that is tangible. And that doesn't mean building a boat, although someone could build a boat. Sure. Um, but a, a, a tangible outcome can also be the ability to engage in a deep uh, Socratic dialogue around an issue or a topic. Um, or that tangible outcome can be the ability to reflect on one's own thinking. Um, that 
tangible outcome has to uh, has to have a purpose and it has to have meaning. Um, and and that's what real real work is. Real work um, is not just filling in bubbles on a on a bubble sheet. Uh, real work is is something that that has meaning and purpose as it comes into the world. I'm probably I have a hunch that there you have some students there who have perhaps been stung by experiences in main school. Yeah, we we do. You know, we certainly have students who. Um, have had challenging experiences in other schooling environments. Um, and for the most part, uh, it has takes them much less time than one might think to um, realize that the school experience can be different than that. That mm -hmm. once you live it for a little while, um, you're able to say, oh, I see that learning can be different. And how is it to see the light come on in somebody's eyes? It's great. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of the real joys of this work. I'm, you know, I'm still learning. I, you know, I will never claim that I'm not. Um, but there are, there are moments in people's lives in which they recognize that they can and they will be able to uh, understand and, and make in the world um, experiences that have meaning and purpose to them. And it's a, it's a really wonderful and magical thing to be a part of. Well, it certainly is. I would probably suspect that you have a great deal of satisfaction for yourself, feeling that you're contributing and feeling that you're part of. I do. I, you know, I... So we, I graduated from Oberlin in, in December of uh, the year. Um, and at the time in Ohio, this is how I became a teacher. At the time in Ohio, if you had a pulse and a bachelor's degree, you could be a substitute teacher. Okay. I said, sure, why not? Um, and at the time, Oberlin's motto was, think one person can change the world, so do we. Um, which, you know, I thought was a great motto. And... Uh, so I started substitute teaching in Lorain County, Ohio, and, um, you know, we'd be kindergarten one day and 12th grade physics the, the next. Um, but what I realized in that experience is that there are very few things that you can do in life where you have a, um, ability to, to really be a transformational force in somebody's life. And that being an educator is one of those things. Uh, and you know, that has been true through my whole career and it's absolutely true now where the fact that I am able to go to work, that I am able to uh, spend my day with enthusiastic, you know, exciting and, you know, often hilarious teenagers. Um, and that at the end of the day, I am able to help facilitate pathways that lead them to be able to live the lives that they want to live. You know, I, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. Well, it's like in the 12-step world, what you're doing is you're planting seeds. Mm -hmm. And I we have to understand that sometimes we plant seeds for trees that will never climb. Mm -hmm. uh, however, it must give you a great deal of satisfaction 
to uh, go home at night. It does. Yeah, I'm exhausted, but it's, you know, it is a great deal of satisfaction. Well, that sounds like a good tired. Yeah, (laughs) it is a good tired. Yeah. There's an unhealthy tired and there's a good tired. Yeah. It sounds like you're a good tired. Well, we're certainly uh, more than happy that you passed by our path this evening. And uh, we believe that nothing ever happens by mistake. And if we're present and aware, we encounter each other. And we encountered each other in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I'd love to come over and uh, sit, just sit in one of your classes sometime. Yeah, anytime. You're always welcome. Just to sit in there. We certainly appreciate that. And as always, if anyone has any comments that they'd like to make, uh, our Producer Mike will let you know at the end of the show. And we offer a free prescription at the end of every podcast. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste, my friends. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com. where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.